Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast, we hear from teachers Stephen Curry from the class of 2015 and his wife, Abby Root Curry from the class of 2017. Abby and Stephen both enjoy teaching at the same school, just like Abby's parents, Washtenaw professors Jeff and Deborah Root. The Currys share about teaching online this spring, and now the hybrid in-person and online theater and choir programs at Little Rock Christian Academy, settling into their new home this summer, and their favorite Washtenaw memories like Abby directing the Campus Activities Freshman Show, featuring our Tiger for Life podcast theme song, getting engaged in the education department, and their love for endless cereal and pancakes at just the right time in the calf. All right, Abby and Steven, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Thank you. Yeah. We're excited. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, great to have you all with us today. Uh, just excited that you guys have a little time away from your busy teaching schedules to have a little time to chat today. Um, I know most people know you. You are like Washtenaw celebrity, Washtenaw royalty kind of folks. But um, tell everybody, uh, I know you're both teachers. Tell us where you're teaching and what you're teaching this year. Yeah, so uh, we both teach at Little Rock Christian Academy in Little Rock, and Stephen is the 6th through 12th grade choir director, and um, and he has an assistant that helps him as well, so that's been really good. That's been new this year, and then I teach 6th through 12th grade theater, and I have a co-teacher that works with me as well, so um, it's really nice because we both have a partner to work with at school, but yeah, we do shows together and teach choir and theater. <laughs> nice. Now this, you just started working together, right? Yeah. So this is our first year. I um, taught the last three years um, at Benton high school, which was great. And I loved it. Um, but given the opportunity for us to teach together, it's kind of been a dream. So we've only been working together about uh, three weeks at this point, but it's already been really great. Yeah, we've kind of been dreaming of it for a long time because we got married in Arkadelphia right, right after Abby graduated. And then we kind of already had the jobs lined up where I was going to go to Lark Christian and Abby was going to go uh, to Benton High School. And so we were, we were teaching kind of separately for three years, but then Abby's parents, you know, they teach at Washita together. And then um, her dad's parents, like her grandparents taught at Washita together. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of have this like (laughs) family line of educators where they'd like carpool to school together. And I think we've always dreamed about that, but never, never would have dreamed that this year would (laughs) look like this uh, because with everything um, going on with COVID and stuff, but it's been good. And that's like a big silver lining kind of in all of it that we get to, that we get to do this, this crazy year um, together at, at the same school, which is super fun. We went from, um, we went from both, um, well, because back in the spring, whenever COVID hit, like March 12th or 13th or so, we went from never seeing each other um, until like about 8 p.m. each night. We were working on like, but our Christian were working on our spring musical. Navi had her musical going on. And then we went from, you know, just rehearsal schedules to just being at home uh, 24-7. Yeah. So it's been, it's been really great though in that first year so 
How was teaching during the pandemic and what was it like in the spring? Were you able to do some of the things you would normally do or was it more like individual lesson kind of things? What did it look like? It dramatically changed (laughs) pretty instantaneously. Um, Yeah. So the hard thing for us, and I think for every teacher, but especially teachers like in the fine arts, um, we're so performance oriented, you know, Steven's choirs are always working toward a concert and our classes are always working on shows and a production. And when you can't have that anymore, it completely has to change um, your objectives and your goals for your class. And um, teaching choir and theater through Zoom is not ideal. (laughs) Um, But we made the best of it. And, And I will say like, we both work with some incredibly creative people who um, just Arkansas in general, other choir directors, other theater teachers, we're really determined to still make it a great experience for students. Um, But yeah, it was, it was very different. And we spent most of spring break um, basically rethinking how to teach for the next nine weeks after that. Yeah, for choir, you know, you probably saw a bunch of, you know, those like virtual choir videos and there was mm-hmm. so much pressure. I feel like every school kind of, you had the gamut of some choir directors, that's all they were doing. We're asking their students to submit videos and you would, I'd have a bunch of friends who sent me like, and, like shared Instagram videos of people doing virtual choir videos and they're like, oh, why, why aren't y'all doing this or why aren't you doing that? And um, so uh, there are definitely all these, you know, crazy possibilities of what you can do with technology. Um, one of my, uh, and well, I guess one of our education professors at Washita in the spring, I remember they, they would always say, um, you know, students aren't going to always remember what you teach them, but they remember how you, how you made them feel. And so kind of wrapping it up, I feel like with both of us with what we kind of were trying to expect our students to do during this time, um, I knew for my own students, if I made them send in a video of them singing by themselves to create one of these crazy, you know, virtual choir videos, then uh, they would have just shut down completely because some of them, their parents lost their job. Some of them, they were um, there maybe just, it was enough to kind of get up in the morning and maybe just do their other core classes, you know, their schoolwork and stuff. So, um, so really, I think in the arts, maybe sometimes it's the reason they come to school um, on those zoom calls, we really made a point, uh, to, to just maintain the connection with each other. And we'd play a bunch of zoom games and we played bingo. And, um, I put, uh, Snapchat makes a cool filters for your zoom camera. And I became a potato some days for the students. And they just like, they think yeah. uh, maybe it was kind of weird. I don't really know. They <laughs> loved it, but it was like anything to maintain that connection and kind of keep them going. Um, and I think because of that, during the summer, I had a ton message me saying, that, okay, I think I'm ready to try the virtual choir thing now. And that's what we're doing this fall. Um, rather than just like throw that on them in the spring and try to go about like business as usual, trying to make something happen, um, trying to see where the kids are at because they were kind of, kind of all over the place in terms of their um, emotions during that time. You know, I feel like in a lot of schools, um, it's, it's more about um, maintaining their, that, just that connection rather than trying to just go, um, uh, go about things like normal, you know, so, cause it's not a normal time. So. 
Yeah. What do things look like this fall? I mean, you're still kind of, are you meeting in groups? Are you trying to sing in groups? Like, what is it looking like right now? Uh, Yeah. And so at least with our school, we're actually meeting in person and the students have the option of being 100% virtual or 100% in person. And they kind of told admin told us to set up our classes as if it was an online class where students or a teacher, if someone got sick, they could just as well take the class at home or in person. So, so that's been, um, that's been neat. Lots of challenges yeah. and things there. Yeah. The, the biggest challenge, honestly, for us has been the technology. <laughs> um, even though I think a lot of people assume that because we're young teachers that we know about all this technology stuff. And to be honest, like I had not heard of Zoom until March 12th <laughs> um, when, uh, when everyone else in the world heard about it. So the hard part as a teacher is there's always an emphasis on unity in our classroom and making sure that everyone feels like they have a place, that it's a safe place to to be heard and to learn. Um, And when you have students who are there in person, and then whenever you have students who are on a Zoom call, it's hard to make everyone feel like they're part of the same classroom and that it's not the in-person kids and the virtual kids. and that they're all your students equally. And so kind of getting over that hurdle and really realizing, you know, that we need to create a good learning experience for every student. Yeah. So just making sure that every student, you know, is learning equally, but also having emotional and social needs met as well as has definitely been a new challenge to do that with Zoom. But our school has been really great to be patient with us um, because it's been, you know, it's a learning experience for everyone. Like no one was trained how to teach during COVID. So as a, you know, in college and stuff. So it's it's, been a new training this summer for all of us. It's really wild to think how much uh, of communication is nonverbal. Um, and I forget the stat on that. What is it? 85, 90% I don't of remember. communication. Yeah, I but so much. Yeah. I used to teach oral comm, but, anyway. <laughs> but so much of communication is nonverbal. But it's like, you know, you look out. I have 43 in high school choirs. So I look out and we're all in an auditorium, socially distanced. And so I look out and... Um, and you see the sea of masks, but you just see eyes. And so it's really interesting what that does to your brain, you know, um, trying to gauge student engagement and response. And, and then also, if you've heard of Zoom fatigue, if you've been on mm-hmm. Zoom for a super long time, you start to feel really tired and disoriented. But that's because you're, you know, you're, you think you're in a room with people, but then your body is trying to non-verbally communicate and it's really hard to do because you're, you're actually talking to a screen. And so really interesting because we have both Zoom students and in-person students um, in the same classroom. So it's been interesting. We do a lot of thumbs up, like thumbs up if you're with me or like non-verbal, <laughs> how do you non-verbally like do some sort of hand sign or motion, you yeah. know, to show that like that you're still that, you know, we're still here. We're still engaged and that sort of thing. Well, And part of teaching is you're trained to read the room. And so, you know, you, it's pretty easy to know when you're losing students and when they become disengaged and, um, 
and when you need to maybe shift or refocus to something else. Cause we have, we're on block schedule. So we have them for an uh, hour and 20 minutes. Okay. So that's one thing that has always been helpful for me is non-verbally reading their face and, you know, when we need to get up and when we need to shift to learning something else. And when you can't see their face, (laughs) it's very difficult to know if they're with you. And I think students in general right now are just already preoccupied with everything else going on, understandably. Um, So it's really difficult to know, are they bored and you need to shift topics or are we just having a hard time right now because of everything else going on? Yeah, Um, stress of everything that they're dealing with. Right. I mean, it's a lot. I think sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I've noticed, have are a little bit better at it. I think that maybe um, they're not. I don't. I don't want to say they're not feeling the effect, but I think in high school they're very aware of what all they're missing out on, especially mm-hmm. our juniors and our seniors. Um, yeah, I think that's true here too. I mean, you know, our freshmen are be bopping around with mask on. They think it's great. Never been here without a mask, and then our upper <laughs> are like, you know, this is really hard. I'm really sad. I'm missing all these things. Well. You know, as long as we can keep the freshmen engaged, this is great. I mean, they they love being here. They love their classes. They are missing some things. We know they are, but they. I mean, they're just they're doing better with it than than upperclassmen for sure. But it is weird, you know. Washtenaw, you think the the best part of Washtenaw is walking around campus and saying hi to people. The mask makes you not want to even try. And then when you do smile, you want to say, "I'm smiling," because people can't tell. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh. <laughs> it's been really weird. It's really hard. I mean, you never think about how much that really does express so much. I mean, you want to think, yeah, my eyes are smiling or whatever, but it's really hard to tell. Yeah. Well, and I feel like sometimes whenever I try to do the whole smile with your eyes thing, then I just look crazy <laughs> or like, I'm just like trying too hard at that point. So, but I have noticed that even whenever I take pictures, obviously, like with my mask on, I still smile under my mask. Do you do that? Or is yeah, that totally? No, yeah. I think everybody does it. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's like, it doesn't matter. So I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you yeah. mentioned that. Yeah. All the teachers at school, we kind of have this inside, not an inside joke, but we walk around in the hallways and we look at each other. I know me and the band director do like, I'm smiling. Like we tell each other, uh-huh. like I'm smiling right now. <laughs> You have to like tell someone like when you're smiling, but we, yeah. we've tried all the masks, all the mask combinations. I think the one, have you tried John, the clear, you have, it's like a mask, but then the clear plastic, you know, rectangle. Yeah. Kelly Stamp is talking about it. You know, her kid has uh, some hearing loss. So, you know, she really thinks that's necessary. She gave it to her kids, teachers and everything, but I've not actually used one. But do you find them better than the other ones? I mean, does it really work? Or do uh, they- uh, well, it fogged up and slightly creepy as well. <laughs> Seeing your disembodied, like you know, mouth. I guess I'm not quite sure, but I never realized how much we, yeah, that we read lips. You know, yeah. whenever we're talking too. Um, so it's been it's been wild. But I feel like as teachers, we've tried on tried every every we've tried the shield. <laughs> yeah, what's the winner? Honestly, I'm I'm not just saying this because we work at the school, but whatever type of mask the Literat Christian um, like store ordered is actually the best mask that I've used. Um, the Washtenaw ones are really the good. Washita Your parents ones are gave, good us a, gave us some. It's the ones that um, 
I never thought that I'd be talking about masks like this in my life. Can we just say that first of all? Like, this is such a strange conversation. Um, It's the ones that have more material that go farther back on your face and then have the thick elastic straps. I feel like I'm more covered, but it's also not going to fall off of my face because I do have a small face. Steven also has a small face. Mm. And I feel like most of our time is just spent keeping the mask on our face. So do you need the old Navy kids one with the panda bear? Do you need that's that? That's probably a, a good <laughs> idea, actually. Yeah, I have a bigger head and I went to old Navy last night and I was like, I want the panda one. <laughs> you have that. That's funny. I know. There's all sorts of I mean, it's it's a fashion trend now, you know, like you gotta have your mask. Are they selling masks in the Washita store? Yeah, they've got a couple different kinds. Um, very, you know, various ones. I think the old Navy ones have been the best for me. Like I feel like, but, um, those washed ones are thick and it's hard not to feel mumbly in them, but they are super safe. They're supposed to be the like most safe ones to use, but yeah. a lot of our singer kids, they prefer like the medically one, you know, or the surgical kind of look. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they've done some, the, I've been reading up all these studies, you know, for singers, they say that the, cause the surgical ones, they actually, it's like the most Ironically, it's the most breathable. Yeah, but it stops the the most. I guess because it's just a super lightweight material, but it stops the aerosols or filters, you know, the most. So, um, you know, they made a bunch of these singers' masks that look like a duck bill. But I know, yeah, for our students, we just, I, you know, as long as it's uh, as as long as it'll stay on your face and not fall off, you know, then we're singing in it. But anyway what's the spring look like are you gonna how are you gonna do any kind of production and that sort of thing will you try to do something like that will it be smaller what'll it look like yeah so um we are not doing anything this fall um some schools are and they're able to do it according to cdc guidelines but we're looking at doing musicals um that are small in cast size that um, we could possibly double cast and, um, that way a lot of students can still be involved, but we're not putting 20 kids on stage at one time. Um, cause that's the biggest thing right now is, you know, are we going to put them on stage with masks? Are we even going to be able to have people in the audience? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we, the, the best answer that I can give you is, um, we're not really sure. <laughs> um, but I think like everything else going on right now, it really is a, the world could be at a completely different place in February. And so, um, we'll kind of see where we are, but our goal is to still be able to do a, a spring musical. So we're hoping that that works out. That's good. Hey, what do you all do to like relieve stress? I know teaching is stressful. Emily's mom teaches in a mask all day. Eighth graders comes home, you know, needs to relax. Like what do you guys do for fun? What do you like to do to unwind after these long teaching days? I don't know if this is like the healthiest thing, but we have been watching uh, just a lot of TV, (laughs) which I think, you know, you, you don't need to sit in front of your TV all day long, but, um, I have found that as a couple, it's really great to have something that you share Mm -hmm. that you can talk about that has no real bearing on actual life. (laughs) Um, I know that's that's a weird thing to say, but like we rewatched all of the office this summer and it's just great to talk about how we 
feel about Jim and Pam. <laughs> and it doesn't really have anything to do with pandemics. It doesn't have anything to do with school. Their lives are not real, but it's a good, I guess, like escapism. Um, I'm trying to think. What what do we you play, do, we play with We play with Conger a yeah. lot. And so he is a cockapoo um, that has been featured in a few of our school musicals. Um, <laughs> and actually, when we did Lion King Jr., we had just gotten him like the week before. And then he was like baby Simba, like on the stage, like being held up by a 15-year-old. It was, I, I look back on it now. We probably shouldn't have done that. But anyway, <laughs> we play with him a lot. And so, you know, dogs are so excited to see you when you get home. So we we bought a house uh, like shortly after um, after we <laughs> went home, which I don't know if we would have had the time to go house hunting and with with the teaching schedule. But with everything being canceled, we bought a house and and we've been slowly trying to, you know, still kind of unpack boxes and, and move in yeah. and stuff. So and that's been a cool project it, to so. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Together. Yeah. And so, yeah. But that kept you busy through the summer. For sure. For sure. And then also I think the nature of just what we teach, like music, like I love music. We got into, or I got into teaching because of, I love music and I love students and I love worship and leading worship as well, which with the blessing of going to a Christian school, I kind of get to mix all three of those all into one thing. Um, Like during this time, like at least at school, we're singing a bunch of church anthems Um, instead of a regular all region, you know, usually during the fall, we hit all region music hard, which is where they're auditioning Mm -hmm. Um, with these pieces that are selected, you know, uh, by choir directors all over the state. And it's kind of for, it's, it's kind of some, sometimes esoteric music, you know, it's kind of the upper, you know, echelon of, of, of choir. It's very like, you might listen to it like, Oh, that's kind of interesting, you know, which choir nerds geek out about that stuff. But and some of, some of the ninth graders, you know, listen to it and they don't really appreciate it that much, but we, we sing it in a concert anyway. And, and hopefully they audition for it with other all region auditions and things. But um, we kind of scrapped that. I mean, they can, they can audition for all region virtually. That's still a thing, but um, we need, we need to worship and we can sing some like praise Jesus music during this time. And so that's what we're doing a bunch of praise songs, you know, um, that have like SATB four part stuff, but hearing the students do that, even six feet uh, with masks on a little muffled maybe, but um but just doing that gives me joy, you know, during the day and hearing them worship uh, during this time. Abby teaches a dance class and I think they're going to, what are y'all dancing? Yeah, this is my first year I'm teaching a Foundations of Dance class at LRCA and it's been really good because we've been able to talk about dance as a form of worship and what's been extra special about that is that um, I can easily put them six feet apart and have them dance and it's really not um, affected the way that vocal music is with um, the COVID regulations. Mm -hmm. So that's just been really good for students. And I think especially with choir and, you know, the choice to do worship um, music right now, you know, we don't know how many of these kids, their, their churches are still not meeting at in person. And, you know, there is something special about corporate worship and worshiping with your brothers and sisters in the same room. And, um, so it's been good. You know, I, 
my prep period is at the same time as Steven's high school choir class. And sometimes I'll just go sit in the auditorium because that's where they're having choir is in the huge auditorium. And I'll just go sit in there. And it is, um, it's probably one of the most peaceful times of the day. I know that it's crazy for him being the teacher, but um, to get to watch students worship during this time, even with everything that they're losing and all of the, you know, scary things going on in the world right now, um, to watch them worship together in unity. Like it's such a blessing that I'm so thankful for. Yeah. One side of me is super stressed because I'm thinking of how things used to be and how I want us to like band together. You join choir, not because you like the sound of your own voice, because you like the sound of, of the whole being, you know, uh, greater than the, some of its parts. Right. And so (laughs) Um, I, th- I think I said the right, the whole being greater than, yeah, 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 the whole, you like the choir sound and you like it because you don't hear your own voice. And then now you, I mean, when you're six feet apart singing, you, you kind of, you hear yourself. And so anyway, I'm stressed because I remember what it used to be like, but I think from the student perspective, they're just excited to be back, you know, and together again. And so, um, and, and so hopefully it's a highlight of their day, just the fact that we're, we're able, I know not all schools are able to do that. And I've heard of Zoom rehearsals and even some Zoom productions going on yeah. that are, people are getting super creative, but at least in our context, um, I know that we're, we're pumped to at least be there with the students and, and that in itself, like if I take a moment and step outside of my own little kind of stress ball zone where I'm remembering how things used to be and comparing it all the time, I remember that this is what we need right now, you know, to still be creative during this time. And like, look, the students are, are still singing, you know, yeah. um, we're in person. And so, so we're excited about that. So that relieves a little bit of stress during the day. That's good. Uh, switching gears into Washtaw land. And we'll talk a little bit about Washtaw. Um, Abby, I know you grew up basically on campus living like, you know, a block from campus, but then growing up on campus. So I know you, you know, knew about Washtaw from an early age, but how did you both come to know about Washtaw? What made you choose Washtaw for school? Tell us a little bit about your Washtaw story. Um, I'll go first because mine is probably a little bit shorter than Stevens. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I grew up on campus. Um, my my dad and I had very similar childhoods in that um, he grew up in the Washtaw Hills neighborhood. His parents both taught at Washtaw and he went to school there. And then I grew up two houses down from where he grew up. and um, both of my parents taught there and I decided to go there. But a lot of people asked me when I was at Washtaw why I decided to go, especially since I grew up there. Essentially, when I moved into the dorm, I was moving closer to my parents than when I was in high school because my high school was like 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes away from the house. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much moved across the street whenever I went to college. And I also had my parents in class. Like I a hundred percent saw my parents more in college than I did in high school. Um, and, but I would say a, a big part of why I chose to go is because of the people I grew up around. Um, I think that the students at Washaw are a huge testament to the type of people um, who I wanted to be. Um, I saw how they treated me as a kid that they, um, you know, I mean, I could tell a thousand stories, but even from the time I was little, like four or five years old, the students that my parents had in class and that, you know, did the radio with my dad on the weekends and stuff, they always 
said hi to me. They were always invested in me. Um, and so I just really, to me, it wasn't, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, when they want to go to college, they want to get away from their family, you know, want to start their own adventure. And that's, I totally get that. Like, that's good. But I think I really wanted to go to Washtenaw because I wanted to be able to do that for other people. And I wanted to share that experience like my parents had and like I had seen growing up because um, it was such a huge part of my life. And I felt like my experience at Washtenaw, I don't want to say ended, but like I didn't want it to be over before I got a chance to experience it as a student, Um, especially now that I'm not living in Arkadelphia anymore and we're not on campus very much. Um, I'm really glad that I, you know, was able to go and create my own stories and, and go to school there. So yeah. Okay. That was my long winded answer. Well, in a word, tiger tunes, just kidding. <laughs> it's okay. uh, the, it's Cause the alumni office and how well they do tiger tunes. Um, I mean, sort of like, <laughs> sort of not joking. Um, actually, I think just all of the awesome people that were in my life, if you counted them up and then at like saw where they went to college, they all went to Washita. Like no joke, my youth pastor um, who eventually became the pastor of our church, Brandon Bernard at mm-hmm. Fellowship in Little Rock. And then our, our youth worship leader, Aaron Williams, who, does uh well he formerly i guess youth uh worship pastor at fellowship and now is with the dwell conference and helped start that um but him my band director uh growing up several of my just kind of college students who were also my small group leaders um everyone I looked up to in life happened to, they didn't talk about Washita maybe all the time, but when I asked them about it, um, they, uh, they all went to this place in Arkadelphia where I had never heard of even being from Little Rock had never heard of Arkadelphia before had probably driven through it a lot. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, just if I knew that these awesome people went to this place to be educated and to get their major and um, get their degree, then I, I wanted to look into that too. And then I would creep on them and see them in Tiger Tunes. And then I was sold. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much it for yeah. me. I was also under the impression, which I don't think it's far, it's, it's far from, you know, being true that it was one of the best music schools in the States. And I knew I wanted to go and, and, and be a music major. And so their jazz band had come to my school at my junior high and their choir had come through and they were just top notch. And I was like, okay, I want to be part of that. So and, and Tiger Tunes was in there as well. Yeah, so. Tiger Tunes. Is- so how many Tiger Tunes have you been in at this point, Stephen? Do you know how many years? Oh, I don't know. We tried to count up you how had, many I had been in post-graduation. You had your four years of college. No, well, five years because you I went an extra, stayed an extra I went, semester. I went the victory lap. And then I think that he's done four Outside of that? Outside well. of that? It it's either like nine or ten. It'll be my 10th anniversary, I think. Okay, I don't know what your gift that is, you know, like your wedding gift, your 10-year team. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're excited about you coming back and doing stuff for this weird Tunes Rewind year, but um, 
yeah, we're still going to have hosts, we hope, if they stay safe and <laughs> quarantined on us. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm like, yeah, as quick as we can get these songs recorded, let's do it so we can have something to, to show. Or I'm going to have to go pull old host stuff and try to make something work. But uh, yeah, so this may be your, maybe your tent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we will get to uh, favorite show discussions very soon. But um, Abby, I know one of your favorites is the show you directed that freshman year campus activity show which is um famous and is the theme music to this glorious podcast um but tell us what you loved about that experience directing and uh, what that show has meant to you yeah um man what a crazy story um with that show i was in the campus activity show my freshman year we were in north pole and um one of my really good friends that was a director was graduating that year and then our other our other director for that show was going to be a senior. And, and I had decided not to pledge or do a club. Mm -hmm. Um, So she asked me if I wanted to help with choreography and kind of assistant direct that year. And I was like, yes, like I love tunes. I still want to do it. Um, And so we were sitting in Tim's office, which is just like, it's such a full circle thing because I grew up like my memories of Tim was when he was in school and I was five years old. (laughs) Um, cause he, I think he started like the fall after I was born. I okay. think. Um, so, I mean, my earliest memories of Washaw are memories of like you and Emily and Tim and you know, that whole crew. And so we were always at your house. I mean, I don't know. We might've slept there. I don't know. We were always. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we were sitting in his office. So whenever I was at a student at Washaw and still now, Tim uh, is the director of now student life, formerly campus activities. Right. And um, we were sitting in his office and we we're like, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do for a theme? Um, that's, you know, like most of the battle of tunes is just picking a good theme. I feel like. And so we were sitting talking about it and we were Griffin Kretzer, Griffin Pritchard now um, was the co-director and I have so much respect for her. She is just um, an, an incredible teacher. I've always really looked up to her. And we both were kind of wanting to do something that had to do with Washita, um, but we didn't know what it was. And I just, I distinctly remember Tim peeking his head into the office and just saying freshman and then walking away. <laughs> and we were like, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. And I really think that he meant it as a joke. Like, I don't, I don't know that I don't, I don't believe he was probably serious about it, but Griffin and I just got on it and we were like, yes, like this is what we're going to do. And so I think one thing that really stuck out about that show, especially for current students at that time is that everyone remembers their freshman year and learning all the rules and you know, doing crazy things with your friends and um, really that, and we wanted to recreate that feeling of falling in love with Washtenaw for the first time. And um, that summer I was watching Lion King on Netflix because, you know, what else is there to do? And so I was watching Lion King and Circle of Life came on and I was like, oh, this is good. You know, like everyone knows circle of life. And so we decided to change the lyrics to tigers for life. And um, I, 
I may have this wrong. I believe that David Wilhite was the one that really um, ironed out those lyrics and got those um, for us. And um, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time <laughs> that we sang it as a group. Like we were all crying. We were like, "Oh my gosh, we just love Washita mm-hmm. so much!" Like Tigers for Life, and I and every night that we did that show, it's like a standing O, like right <laughs> at that moment. Yeah, every night. Every, yeah. I mean, every night that we did that show and we circled up at the end and the, the tiger statue came on at least Griffin and I, cause we were standing beside each other, but I felt like we all just like, I didn't want that moment to end. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'll all, always hold a special place in my heart. Cause I think that Washtaw deserved a show about itself and that's what, you know, we tried to give so that's fun yeah we you know had the idea for the podcast i went to a conference heard about how to do a podcast had no idea had to teach myself garage band you know never thought i'd be like a rocker now but i'm putting together this podcast <laughs> and i really wanted to use that song and I, I was able to download it and i pulled the song apart and i i call emily i'm like sobbing <laughs> i'm like listen to it here listen to how it goes like here and then, it, and then it's going to break. And at the end, it's going to come into this. I'm like sobbing the whole time. <laughs> Every time I play it and get ready for my podcast, I'm like, okay, love this place. Love this song. It's so good. good. What is your favorite part of this, of that song? The favorite memory that it pulls out? I think mine is Chapel Buddies. I think that might be my favorite. I was about to say that. Chapel Buddies and a million Bible studies. I just so love good. that. Um, so I think, I'm trying to think. I think for me, my favorite part is really the second half where it says the seniors arise and we say our goodbyes, but we will always remain Tigers for life. Because just as everyone has that freshman year experience, everyone has that experience where when you graduate, you have your cap and gown on, you're walking to get your diploma. And there's this very real moment where you're like, oh, this is over. And yet it's still part of your life forever. Um, And I think that, you know, we hope that that really showed everyone that was at Tiger Tunes. Because our our goal was we want it to speak to the, at that time it was grow, now explore. So the Mm -hmm. prospective students that were there, we wanted them to like Washtenaw because of what they saw in a Tiger Tunes show about it. The current students who are our friends. And then really the alumni to say like we're carrying on stuff that you started that all these traditions that you're a part of like they're still very much alive today um and whether you're a prospective student a current student and alumni like we're all still tigers for life so that was my favorite part for sure for sure yeah well it was a good one i have this dream of like I don't know, recreating it somehow and bringing everyone to campus and Kayla and having like, I don't know, some kind of like live aid concert experience. <laughs> I, it can never be the same, but I also feel like it needs another revival moment. I don't know. Maybe it'll win and be in Tunes Rewind. We'll have to see. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> some, sometimes I definitely just go back and just watch that part. Like if I'm having a bad day or something, or if I feel like I just need to like cry, I'll just go back and watch that and just like... I could hold a washed out t-shirt close, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. 
But hey, we have this segment on the podcast we call Fast Fave Fives, just five questions about your time at Washita. And we'd love to hear from both of you. So it can be like Fast Fave Tens. I don't know. Something. <laughs> I got five questions. Not as much of a ring there. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm big <laughs> on alliteration. It doesn't work. Uh, all right. Favorite professor? Um, mine would probably have to be Dr. Gerber, who was our choir director, which now he. I think he, yeah, he's a dean, dean of fine arts. Uh, I think he stepped away from just doing all choirs. Um, but he's like the first one who actually said, hey, you are, I think you're, you've got like, well, he told me this. He's like, you've got the conductor hands. I'm like, uh, the what? You know? Um, and so he's like, yeah, you're like you, uh, like, cause I was in a conducting class. He's like, I think you, I think you need to explore this. And I think this is something you'd be good at. And, you know, if he had never said that, I don't know if I would have tried to switch my major to educ you know, education, you know, do I have what it takes? I I'm not quite sure, but, um, and that, and that happens with every professor. They, they actually, you get to know them and then they, you know, change your life and, you know, try to speak into you and um, with your talents and giftings and things. So anyway, Dr. Gerber, love him so much. Um, this is a really hard question. <laughs> um, so fast fave. I know. Fast. Ah, okay. You're stressing me out. Um, <laughs> This is hard because I was in three different departments. I was speech, communication, and education. So, um, sorry, speech, theater, and education. Um, definitely Scott Holesclaw, man. Like, just an incredible teacher. Um, he, I spent a lot of time with him, especially my junior year, whenever I started getting into the theater education classes. Um very wise, just always there whenever you need them. Um, I would also say Rachel Poole. Um, she is an incredible teacher. Mm-hmm. Just she is an incredible teacher, but also incredible teacher of teachers. Um, and just very honest, but also encouraging. And um, but one that I don't want to say surprised me but has always just kind of like stuck out as a really great time was my dad. Mm. Um, I had my dad for two classes at Washtenaw and I, I always knew that my parents were teachers. Like that was part of their job is they taught at OBU, but to have him in a class and to watch him do what he is best at, it's just really, I mean, there were times in that class where I was like, I want to be my dad. Like, <laughs> I just, I love the way that he taught, the way that he interacted with students. Um, It was really great as a daughter to get to watch your parents, like, do their thing. Like, it's just, it was a really sweet time. So, sorry, I gave three answers instead of one. (laughs) No, I love that. Your parents, you know, pretty much changed my life and Emily's life and are amazing. So, um, we're having dinner with them tomorrow. So, with your parents. There you go. Love them. (laughs) They're just, you know, probably the wisest people we know, and we need a little bit of advice in this uh, university world. So we're going to have some burgers together tomorrow and, and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> They're, They're so great. Good. Um, favorite spot on campus? It can be same one if you both love a spot or individual spots. Where, where do you love to be on this campus? One is the Foundations of Education Room, mainly for personal reasons, because that's where I met Stephen, and that is where he proposed. Precious. Um, so you have to say that. So one. I, I'm kinda, obligated to say that one. Right. The other one is probably um, JPAC. Just growing up there and going to different camps, but then 
tunes being there and chapel and um there's so many like memories in that place but also so many defining moments in my walk with god that have happened in that room that i don't know i just always like when i walk into jpac i feel like i'm home mm. oh that was so that was so nice that hey, was thanks. so sweet that was so good. <laughs> yeah i probably have like two or three or ten i don't know <laughs> A few different views, like the the view from coming out of Flippin' Perrin and like you, there's cone bottoms on the, on the, like the left-hand side and you're like about to like walk to class, but like that is the only way to get to class, you know, from there. You, everyone has to walk that, uh, not has to walk that, but I mean, that's the way to, yeah. to get there. Um, but it's just, so, so many memories from freshman year are on, on that walk, um, the walk from the uh from the like east uh, east village like uh the circle dorms like going across the bridge across the ravine that you hear so so much about on like your campus tours and things but on the way from there to the calf where college was the first time where i had a consistent uh quiet time with the lord every morning and um it probably helped that there was cereal, uh, you know, 24 seven in the, in the calf. And there was a booth, you know, with my name on it, like every morning. So just walking from my dorm across the ravine, uh, to go to meet with the Lord every morning in my booth, you know, with my cereal, um, with, uh, which I know you're about to ask a question about like favorite food in the calf, which that's, that's my answer the cereal there. <laughs> um, but jumped ahead. I know, jumped ahead, but I think, I think, so those, those are a few, in addition to the room where that, you know, that, that, uh-huh. that we got engaged and stuff, <laughs> um, probably just like, I just, uh, the walks on campus, cause it's not too far of a walk from any one place to somewhere else, but that's something I love about the campus, just how small it is. But, um, but I associate those times of walking to campus to meet with the Lord and Washita in my, the first time in my life, uh, where I really hunkered down and said, I'm going to have a time with the Lord every morning. It's all wrapped up into, um, into, into Tall in that place. So I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love every year, you know, I look out the window of Comb Bottoms on first floor and I see all these freshmen every day, same faces, same schedules. And uh-huh. then the next year starts, I'm like, where are all those people? You know, they're, <laughs> they're on the other side of campus, but it's fun. I feel like I get to know the freshmen because I see literally every one of them every day walk by my window. Oh, yeah. That's really fun. Um, so favorite thing to eat in the calf is obviously cereal. Did you have a favorite cereal? Not, not really. It's just the fact that it was always there. It was always there and it was great. I never experienced that before. I don't know. I don't know. why. Um, mine was definitely the pancakes. Okay. If I was having a not so great day or like the week wasn't very good that the calf just knew that I needed pancakes. <laughs> and there was one time, I'm pretty sure my junior year, that it was just not a good week. Like, I think I just wasn't like sleeping very much, just really stressed. And I remember walking into the cafeteria um, on like a Thursday night or something for dinner. And, I, and they had pancakes. And I literally started crying in the cafeteria <laughs> <laughs> because I was so excited for these pancakes. <laughs> But yeah. Okay. The cookies are really good too, which I don't know yes. why. I don't know what the deal is or, you know, if they're like store bought or maybe they like make them there, but everyone talks about like, there's no one who hates 
the cafeteria or dislikes really the cafeteria good. cookies. Yeah. I don't know. John, have you do you know those? The party cookie or they have the Yeah, the, the ones that have a little piece of M&Ms on there. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But what I don't know what the story is on those, but everyone loves They're very them. Very good. Yeah, we have a new cereal that we found that will be coming in your Tunes Rewind uh host watch party kit. It's Tiger Paw cereal. It's little Tiger Paws. Have you seen them? Oh no. No. It's called Tiger Paws. It's called Tiger Paws, yeah. So oh. be sending that your way. Um, pretty soon. And Abby, I had a very similar experience um, weeping about food, but it wasn't at the calf. But I went home my first break. I lived five and a half hours from home when I went to school here, went home, didn't want to leave, like pulled grass out of my yard to like take home with me back here. And I pulled into the McDonald's in Caddo Valley and they knew my order, which was a number two with Big Mac sauce. And I burst <laughs> into tears. Oh like they remembered you? Like yes. Yeah, I like walk up to the counter and they said, number two Big Mac sauce. And I was like, I feel seen. <laughs> I am known here. It Was a, you know, was weekend. this then like Cato Valley? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, like uh, winter of 97, you know, coming back yeah. from my freshman fall. Yeah, <laughs> the Cato Valley McDonald's. Yeah, little did they know. Um, so favorite Tiger Toon show other than Tiger for Life freshman year show favorite show it can be any kind of club something you thought that was really fun what are your favorite tune shows you can have more than one because there's like 40 something years of them yeah. <laughs> first probably- show i ever saw well i don't know if it was the i don't know if it was actually the very first show but my um my grow year or explore right mm-hmm. was um like 2010 no 20 yeah, yeah, it was 2010, and that was like I saw Ada Alpha Omega do Doctors, and they were the smallest club that year. But then they also won. It was really cool seeing that, and I mean, that was it was just it was hilarious too. It was yeah. really I mean, great. Baby oh. flying in the air is epic. Oh yeah, when Justin Bieber's baby, baby. I think baby's baby, and also all those who labor, all those who labor in vain. vain yes, and she's going like it's just every game. lyric in that show is gold and sorry it's we so kind good. of we kind of recite tunes lyrics for for sports that is our <laughs> kind of our or a hobby yeah. that we have um abby has like everyone on vhs from 2000 i have them all from something. 1995 oh. oh my goodness yeah i see year i was born um do you have any other favorite tunes um i just remember i don't know like uh also, like Kappa, when it, they're, they're just some legends, right? Yeah. Like whenever I and I had not gone to this one, but every, you know, whenever Kappa did like uh, coal miners and mm. something with the lights, you know, and everything, and so I had this big expectation that when I'd go, Kappa would be like awesome or something. And then they they were nerds in 2010, that was and, a really funny show. an impressionable. Uh, high schooler and then they bring out lockers and their lights inside the lockers and they're doing some choreo with that and that was a great show just super creative and stuff um love that um so ones that have always stood out to me are oh gosh john this is such a hard question (laughs) um literally 26 years of targets okay ada doctors loved that show Mm -hmm. so funny kind of throwback to early 2000s big fan of the kappa pirate show were you in that one no but friends of mine barrett was in there 
Bear okay. Baber, a lot of ARG scurvy. I mean, it's a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Um, the S's Road Barrels, like, I don't know that you could pick a more, like, perfect theme for the, the S's that year. Like, that, it was so good. I'm trying to think. I'm also, I'm not just saying this because one of my roommates directed it, but I'm still a huge fan of track high matches mm-hmm. um, to take such a, like, uh, random and animate object and... They did a great job with that one. The the E Toy Show. Yeah. That was an older one. I don't know. I you know, I could I could literally do a whole separate You could list every every show. But um John, what's your favorite? I don't know. I feel like you you hold your cards pretty close. Uh-oh. Well the best with I feel like you are the master of like yeah. you hold the keys to all of them, but all of my Kappa friends, you know, I never mention a Kappa show. They are all great, but they're not my favorites usually. Like, like love this show deep down. So, yeah, we've been talking about this a lot. E Outer Space is like pretty amazing with those yeah. things that lit up. Yeah, um, it was awesome. E Sheep, really great. There's a big streak of awesome E shows like E Gnomes. I mean, these are some good quality tune shows. Um, yeah. The other beta astronauts is really great. Right. Like when that, when they lifted that kid up and he spun around as a planet. I mean, I was like, let them win. You know, yeah. <laughs> I just loved it so much, but um, yeah, there've been some great ones. And then as we're researching for rewind, looking back at some of these shows are so funny. Like uh, some of the ones you'll see in rewind are from early nineties. And I mean, I watched them and cackled this morning. So they're going to be some, some That's good so ones funny. too. I always think about too when the Rose Sigs had the kid come out on the mini piano. The tiny piano. Like, the past couple years, like that. And then Dr. Sells was. Yes, we were there the night that Dr. Sells oh did gosh. it. And I don't know that I've laughed so hard during a Tiger Teen show with, at that moment. Which comedy, I think, shows that are equally impressive, like visually, but then also they just so clever clever with just you know making you laugh yeah i feel like that's the thing that sets tiger teens apart like it's it's funny and so it's well done but also really funny yeah i also need this year's themes to happen because there's some really really good themes these students have worked on and like they've got to happen like there's there's one that i was just like i have to see this so i made them promise if we can't have tunes in the spring for some reason please don't have some director try to do something different. Like this one's already in the box. Like, I've got to see this show happen. Like I'm really pumped about some of the themes. So yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, you have a lot of favorite Washington memories and I mean, I should say like maybe getting engaged, maybe should not count. I don't know. It can't but favorite Washington memory. Is there like a, a moment that was like, that was my, like everything, my favorite thing of Washington wrapped into a memory. This is kind of tough. I actually more than Tiger Tunes. This might be this might be Washtenaw Heresy. What I'm about to say, I that I like Festival of Christmas more than Tiger Tunes. I do love Festival of Christmas, which is like a whole. I feel like it's it's Tiger Tunes like older brother, twin brother. I'm not quite <laughs> the precursor. twin sister. I don't really know, yeah. and I don't know which one came before or really the history of Festival of Christmas. But it's it was something that. Um, 
I that like Abby and I both got to be a part of because she was also in concert choir. Not that we were both like not a part of Tiger Tunes, but we were we got to like be in this show, you know, this Christmas spectacular extravaganza thing um, together. And it just I mean, I love like who doesn't love Christmas, you know, so I mean, I love that. But um, but I, I loved it because um I mean, singing and dancing and choir and everything all wrapped in, into one. But um, two moments from Festival of Christmas over the four years that I just like, I love so much is that um, I, my, we were doing like all the guys came down from the choir risers and we were doing rocking around the Christmas tree. I'm just a, like a freshman, like what, four months into freshman year and so we were doing rocking around the christmas tree and then we all had like sunglasses on and it was kind of this like doo-wop kind of song it's probably lame i don't know we thought it was really great no, it was great it was a great mm-hmm. okay yeah. well we had it and then you know uh is singing let's be jolly deck and then right there you're supposed to like strike a pose and then my sunglasses go flying across the stage almost slide like or the orchestra pit kind of like directing you know and stuff and so my glasses go flying across the stage like and they're about to hit Dr. Gerber in the face like into the orchestra pit and they stop right there and he's like staring at them with the evil eye and then I proceed to like while the song is going on like dance my way down like to the front and center of the stage to pick him up and I got a standing ovation it was like so much fun I don't know if there's a video of this but so Festival of Christmas, I guess, 2011, <laughs> like that that Christmas show it was a lot of fun. And then also the I had a lot of solos and Tiger tunes, but I like in my whole like actual like music major career, the only solo I ever had was four words. No, hold on. Like it was in Festival of Christmas and I was in a sleigh and it was like five or six words. Uh times like these make christmas Christmas memories went it was seven words long but the coolest part about it was and i got a mic and everything it was like i was pulled by reindeer like across the stage in the sleigh but um but the coolest guys that i looked up to in the in the music department they had all had that solo like it was sort of like it was like the one of those songs that was a staple in the festival christmas show every year and and I tried out for it and I got it. And it was, it was so fun. Like deal. Rusty Butler had it the year before and I was like, Oh, I loved him so much. So it was a rite of passage moment for me. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but anyway, what, what memories do you have? Um, Watch the talk. I mean, obviously like Tiger Tunes is a huge memory uh, that I love just all of it. Um, but I would say even more, than tunes and I and I also did wow steering and had uh had some really great memories of of the wow steering committee and and getting to um you know help plan orientation every year but when when I think about like the memories that I have and, and what I really miss I miss hanging out with my friends in the student center like just the Friday noon coffee shops and all of this, like getting Chick-fil-A and um, just kind of taking a breather from the week and, and getting to be around my friends and even like just working on homework. And um, it's just little things like that, that I feel like you don't really pay attention to while you're there. But 
Like I, I would love to just be able to go back to the student center with the class of 2017 one more time, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, I don't know if that's like a lame answer, but checking your um, mail. you love to check. Your I mail. loved checking my mail. I do too. I love it. Yeah. I can go back and they say they're going to change those combinations, but they don't. It's <laughs> yeah, 1996. I can go right to my box and open it right now. I do. I just, I, I love getting mail. But you would sometimes like, I know when we started dating, you were like, I would check it. You're like, what are you doing? You check it. I'm like, you checked it 30 minutes ago. We're like, well, maybe they refilled it or something. You never know. I could go down there right now and go 433, 24. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I don't remember my combination, so I couldn't. I bet if you walk up to it by rote, your hand will do it. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Especially so. if you checked it multiple times a day. It's probably a thing. I did. I really did. I checked it so many times. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you need to come back now and get a package because the fancy package portal thing is like amazing. They tell you you have a package and you go down and scan your phone and this door pops open and there's your package. Oh my gosh. It's like being on a spaceship. So you still have your your like your little door, like the little combo lock thing for they mail. That for now, but for packages if they fit in this like little machine thing, then you can scan your phone and it just opens up. You don't have to like Oh wow. the person help you but if they're big boxes, they don't fit in the little thing. But anyway, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. Oh, cool. That's cool. Well, I want to thank you guys for hopping on the podcast today. I know you are busy educators and are going to get back to it. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you for uh, taking time to visit today. Thank you guys for you know living out Tigers for Life in your daily lives and your family and your uh, school. So that's a lot of fun. And uh, we're thankful for that history with you all, too. Um, you are some of Emily. I don't even know the, the right English. Emily and my favorite people. I don't know. You guys are awesome. We are uh, thankful for you. It's like you really are like quintessential washdog awesomeness, just like your parents, Abby. And so um, anyway, we can't wait till it's safe for you guys to come and bring Conger and we can be, you know, six feet away. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see each other very soon. And maybe it'll be safe someday to call all of 2017 to come to the student center. Um, we'll try to do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> I would, Everybody this yeah. Sing Tigers for Life. Just to all come back and sing oh Tigers for Life. Oh my gosh. John, I would I would lose it. Like I would I would cry for hours if that happened. Well, we may have to recruit Steven, who knows how to do this, to do like a virtual choir of the people in that show to do that song. Do it. I won't lie. I thought about it earlier, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to just like, you know, put it out there. It's so good. And I think even for people that weren't in the show, like, I think it's still just such, it's such a good thing. It's It's everything. Well, I'm going to go listen to it right now. And so (laughs) probably cry at my computer because that's what what happens. But (laughs) um, anyway, we love you guys. And uh, thanks again for visiting today. Yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.